Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable once again inviting you to stay tuned for this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. I hope you appreciate this station as much as we do. We're so happy to be part of the broadcast family right here on WMAF, and we are extremely happy that you are part of the listening family. There are people here in Tampa where this broadcast originates that listen by computer to WMAF. There is no station like this in Tampa. Uh, and, and no station surrounding Tampa that we can get on our radios. Uh, but through computer, we can tune in the live broadcasting as you're hearing it right there in Madison. We can hear it right here in Tampa. And anyone else can hear the live broadcasting of WMAF because it streams by computer, by the World Wide Web, anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world. So if you want to, you feel this station and these uh, these teachings of, of not just myself, but other ministers who minister on this station, if it be a blessing to someone that you know, somewhere other than the immediate listening area of South Georgia, North Florida, uh, uh, drop them an email or drop them a postcard and tell them to tune in, to type in WMAF. Home, and it will take them to the home page of this radio station, and uh, they can listen live. Just up in the corner, there's a place, the right-hand corner, there's a place to click that they can hear in Africa what you are hearing in America. They can hear in the Antarctic what you are hearing here in America. They can hear in in Bangor, Maine, what you are hearing in Madison and North Florida. So we're so glad to have this opportunity to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ, to encourage Christians and instruct Christians through the teaching. And if you're not a Christian, we we just invite you today to join us in this radio broadcast, this Bible study. We have a great subject. It's, it's a post-Easter, post-resurrection Sunday series on Jesus is alive and well. Somebody said, Preacher, Easter's over. Save that sermon till next year. No, friend of mine, Easter will never be over. The resurrection is a perpetual, ongoing thing. It's, it's a one-time event in history and, and a one-time event that occurred uh, in, in that setting of, of Jesus' death. After the cross, three days, he rose from the dead, but the power and the purpose of that resurrection is an own going thing. Praise God. Amen. So we want to talk about that today. Jesus is alive and well. And I'm just going to read the 18th verse of Revelation chapter 1. Uh, and you can read the rest if you would like to, beginning with verse 10, to have the context. But the text that I'm going to read for this teaching is in verse 18. Jesus said to John on the Isle of Patmos, I am he that liveth, and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and death. 
The Amplified says it this way, And the ever-living one, I am living in the eternity of the eternities. I died, but see, I'm alive forevermore. And I possess the keys of death and Hades, the realm of the dead. And we left off last week in our teaching uh, about the fact of confirmation. The resurrection brought confirmation. And it confirmed this great truth. It testifies to the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Only God, friend, could say, destroy this temple, his body he was speaking of, and in three days I'll raise it up. And that's in John 2 and verse 19. And Romans 1 and verse 4 says, Jesus was declared to be the Son of God by his resurrection from among the dead. Hallelujah. Romans 1, 3, and 4. I want to just read the context of that. It says, Concerning His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. You see, the deity of Christ is both actual and eternal. I would not want to put my faith, and I said this last week, I just want to reiterate it this week, I would not want to put my faith, my soul's destiny, in any other place, any other person, than the true God for my salvation. Jesus was God in the flesh, God incarnate. Therefore the angel told Mary, His name shall be called Jesus. He will save His people from their sins, and he shall also be called Emmanuel, which being interpreted, God with us. We're not worshiping a worthless, non-existent God, as does the heathen. Christ claimed he would rise from among the dead, John 2, verse 19. Some thought Jesus was talking about the Jewish temple, but he was referring distinctly and directly to his body. Christianity begins, ah, friend, where all other religion ends, with the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what did that rising of Jesus prove to us? It proved Christ to be the Son of God. Read Romans 1 and verse 4. The word declared comes from a word which has the idea of setting a boundary. It speaks of something that has been decreed or appointed. And therefore Jesus clearly said if they destroy this temple or his body that he would raise it up again in John 2.19 once again. His coming forth from the grave says as all Jesus previously done, his miracles, everything that he has done and everything that he has said confirms the fact that he was God's only begotten Son. Amen. That's why the resurrection is so vital to the Christian faith. Without it, the Bible said our preaching is vain. Our faith is vain. We're yet in our sins. There's no way for man to be forgiven. All, all of the Christian faith, the cross, would mean nothing without the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But because He rose from the dead then everything that He has purposed, that God has purposed, 
everything that He's provided to save you and me has been verified and validated by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Hallelujah. I said it Easter Sunday morning. I want to say it on this broadcast today. What I heard a a preacher say in a pre-Easter broadcast, and I thought it was so, uh, so important in a, in a, a high school class, uh, they, the English students were asked in literature, English literature really, they were asked to write an essay on the greatest living person they know, or the greatest living person uh, living in the world today. And uh, they could do that either way they wanted to. They had a, a lot of variants on who they could write about. Some great person that is influential in our culture or some a family member, a grandfather, a mother, a dad, or someone that they looked up to, reverenced and respected and honored. And to write an essay on that person. One young man turned in, a dedicated Christian young man. He turned in his essay and he chose to write about Jesus Christ. And the teacher said, you know, I can't give you a grade for this because I ask you to write on the greatest living person. And he looked back with deep conviction and said, teacher, Jesus is alive. That is the message of the resurrection, that Jesus is not the dead founder of a man-made, man-fabricated religious system. Jesus is alive, and Jesus Christ is well. Praise God. And because Jesus is alive, you can meet Him. You can have an encounter with Him. I can't explain that to you fully. I can tell you this. Every person that is saved today has had a God encounter. They didn't just encounter a creed, a catechism, some system of some denomination. They met the Master. I can tell you, uh, Jesus is alive and, and it's subjective. You have to experience this for yourself. But when, when I came to the Lord, listen, the Scripture is very clear. It says, no man can come to me except my Father draw him. There's something very personal, intimate, and powerful about coming to know Christ as your Savior. It is a work of the Holy Spirit. I'm a preacher. I am a clay vessel. And through this clay vessel, I'm bringing you the Word of the living God. But the God is alive. Christ is alive. Praise God. And the Bible said the Word has life in it. Amen. The Bible speaks of it as a sharp two-edged sword. That, that the, the Word of God is quick and powerful. <laughs> Amen. Quick and powerful. It's not about speed. This word quick in that scripture, it means it's alive. Praise God. It has life within it. It brings life. It can bring your faith to life. It can bring your spirit to a God consciousness that you could never acquire. Uh, but something about hearing the word, faith comes by hearing. Faith comes alive in you. Faith comes alive in me by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's why Bible study is so important. You know, preaching is wonderful. It can inspire, but it, if, if it doesn't contain the Word of God, it, it can't instruct. 
a evangelist came to our church really some years ago, and and uh, and he really inspired the folks. He said, "I got my double barrel shotgun loaded with Holy Ghost buckshot, and I'm going to let the devil have it with both barrels." We were inspired, and if he had stopped there and not brought the scripture and not taught the word of God at some point, that's all we would have been is inspired. And friend of mine, we are not being destroyed. No one is being destroyed by the devil for lack of inspiration, but for lack of information. The scripture is very clear. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. They go into captivity, the Old Testament says, for a lack of knowledge. This bondage that seemingly can't be broken, this this devastating intrusion of sin and Satan into the lives of people that is doing that is decimating so many lives, dividing so many families today without knowledge of how to overcome, who to call upon and how to call upon him and who he really is today. Uh, I believe we need something more than some kind of, of set pattern to get people to say certain things and call them saved. I believe we need an encounter with this resurrected Lord, with this living God, through His living Word. Hallelujah. Praise God. I heard a sermon a traveling really through South Georgia many, many years ago, just after I was called to minister, saved and then called to preach the gospel. And it, it was a, obviously a man that wasn't very educated. He, he could inspire, but he could not inform. And he was preaching a sermon on the, my feet being made like hinds feet in the Old Testament. But he had read the hinds wrong. He couldn't read well. I mean, he was as sincere as the day is long. And I'm not meaning to be critical. He he really had deep conviction uh, in, in his faith in God and in Jesus Christ. But he just didn't have a good education. And he didn't have much knowledge. And he couldn't teach. But he did preach well. He said he, the Bible said he will make your feet like hen's feet. And he elaborated on that. He said, you know, when hens roost in a tree, they will wrap their feet around that limb. And when the winds blow, it can't blow them out. And even when the storms come. And if you uh, get your trust and faith in Jesus Christ, he will make your feet like hens' feet. And you can hold on when the storms come. He said, uh, hens, when it look like there's nothing to eat, they will scratch and scratch and and scratch in the dirt, and you'll see them finding something to eat. And he said, when you're going through a spiritual famine, and you open your Bible, because he'll make your feet like hen's feet, and you start scratching around in the Word of God, and find yourself full of faith. Well, he preached a wonderful message. <laughs> Hallelujah. As far as inspiring, but it wasn't accurate in terms of bringing knowledge and understanding. And friend of mine, I want you to know what happened on Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday, changed everything in this world and changed everything in the netherworld because the devil knows right now that the one that it was prophesied that you will bruise his heel, 
but he will bruise your head. He is alive. Death could not hold him. And Satan's doom is sealed. And our salvation is secured. Praise God. Friend of mine, he won't make your feet like hen's feet. But he will give you a revelation in the Word of God and through the Word of God. And that's why we stick to the Bible for our teaching. We're not telling you what we think. We're not even telling you what somebody else said about it. We're telling you what God has to say in His eternal Word. And it proved, the resurrection absolutely proved all of Christ's claims were true. He never promised one thing that He was unable to fulfill. And the Bible pinpoints Jesus Christ as the faithful and true witness in Revelation 3 and verse 14. It says, Unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Faithful points to His dependability, while true witness speaks of His impeccability. If the Lord Jesus could accomplish this resurrection as He promised, then we certainly can believe Him about any and every other claim that He makes. Listen to Peter's proclamation in Acts 2, 22-24. He says, You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God, among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by Him in the midst of you, as you yourself also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God ye have taken, and by wicked hands ye have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Now he was initially confirmed as a, 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 a spokesman for God, a prophet of God, a, a, a man of God. Through all of those miracles and signs, he was approved of God. Jesus, a man approved of God. But if it stopped there, that all that he would have been, he would have been another in the line of prophets. He would have been the greatest of all, but he would just be another in the line of prophets. But God, it said in verse 24, has raised him up from the dead, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. It proved, therefore, that death could not hold Christ. The Apostle Peter said about the matter that it was impossible in Acts 2.24, that death couldn't hold him down. The idea is that death could not restrain or master the Lord Jesus Christ. Death could not master him because Jesus has all power in heaven and earth. Matthew 28 and verse 18 declares, Our Savior can break the bonds of death and the grave, and not just for himself, but for you and for me. You see, friend, all Christian victory, and I mean all, is based on Christ's victory over death. Therefore, the resurrection of Jesus provides for us a great source of gladness 
There are no what ifs about his resurrection. For Peter said it was impossible for death to hold him. It was planned in eternity past that the Lord would not only die, suffer and die on the cross, but that he would not stay in the grave in defeat. Christ was destined to rise in victory and glory. And that's why the Bible said in First Thessalonians chapter four and verse uh, fifth. Well, actually, First Corinthians. I'm going to let's read First Corinthians first. <laughs> Amen. First Corinthians fifteen fifty four through fifty eight. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Now see, it's not just Jesus giving victory, it's Jesus conquering death. It's death losing its hold, not only on Jesus, but all those that would believe on Jesus. That's why he said in verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It proved that Jesus can raise our bodies. Physical death is on the trail of everyone born of Adam's race. If Christ does not come soon, many of us will experience physical death. However, since Jesus has come forth from the, the grave, since Jesus has the keys of death and the grave, no doubt, without a doubt, He can raise you. He can raise me. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 6.14 declares, And God hath both raised up the Lord, and will also raise up us by His own power. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, when we celebrate Easter, and it's an ongoing perpetual celebration, it doesn't stop after the chocolate is gone. It doesn't stop after the ham and potato salad is eaten. It doesn't stop after, after all of the trappings of Easter and celebration of the resurrection. It continues every single day of our life, and it reaches beyond this life into eternity. Praise God. Hallelujah. It proved that Jesus has the power to save us. If He could bring about a physical resurrection of Himself, then our Lord can bring about a spiritual resurrection in the believing sinner. The Bible says we are in heavenly places in Ephesians 1 and verse 3. In the Lord Jesus Christ, literally seated with Him or given joint seating with Him in heavenly places. Praise God. We can stake our lives on the sure promise of Jesus, who said in John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. He said, He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Praise God. That doesn't mean that this physical life will come to an end, but there's a man within the man. There's a woman within the woman. Inside of me, inside of you, is an eternal soul. 
that will live and spend eternity somewhere. Friend of mine, God wants you to spend it with Him. He doesn't want death to have the last word. By the way, there's a death after physical death, and it's called the second death in the book of Revelation chapter 20. Amen. It is a death when the soul, the, the eternal part of us, is, is, is consigned with our body uh, uh, that will never die. Consigned to everlasting banishment and everlasting punishment. The death of Jesus, His resurrection, and His living in us by the Holy Spirit constitute God's total act of redemption. Jesus' death paid the penalty of sin and reconciled us to God our Father, but His resurrection, and by His resurrection, Jesus proved He was God in the flesh and that He could resurrect His people to immortal life, eternal life. Revelation chapter 20, as I go back to that, it said that I saw a great white throne and the sea gave up their dead, and the, the earth gave up its dead, and all the dead that have died since Adam come forth to be judged, and everyone whose name was not found written in the Lamb's book of life was cast into the lake of fire. With the, with the false prophet and with the Antichrist, and then it says this, is the second death. First death is talked about in Scripture. It's appointed that the man wants to die. Physical death, if Christ tarries, is going to come to every one of us, to you and to me. Physical death is coming. It's appointed to man wants to die. But after this, the judgment. And you and I are going to stand either at the judgment seat of Christ where we are, we are either ashamed or rewarded. It has nothing to do, the judgment seat of Christ, with where we spend eternity. We're going to spend eternity in heaven or we wouldn't be standing before that judgment seat. But there's another judgment, the great white throne judgment in Revelation chapter 20. And every person who's lived since Adam is going to stand on that day. The sea will give up its dead. The earth will give up its dead. And everyone who is not found, name is not found written in the Lamb's book of life is going to account for God to God for every sin that has ever been committed in their life and be consigned to a place of banishment and eternal punishment and separation from God throughout all eternity. And friend of mine, that's why the resurrection of Jesus and our coming to know Him as the true and living God and the only Savior. There's no other name. This is not popular teaching, not popular preaching today. But we're not talking about trying to be popular, but to be accurate to all those that want to know how to have eternal life. The Scripture is very clear. The apostles preached and taught a truth that is true to this day. There is no other name given to men under heaven by which we must be saved than the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.
the one who God raised from the dead to prove that He can raise our bodies, to prove He was the Son of God, to prove that He is the means and the way to the Father. Friend of mine, if you don't know Him today, if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, you're going to experience a resurrection. There's a resurrection of the just, and there's a resurrection of the unjust. No one is going to stay in the ground. Everyone is going to stand before the Lord. I want to stand with my sins forgiven. I want to stand in a robe of righteousness that Christ provides through His death, burial, and resurrection because I have received Him as my Lord and my personal Savior. And I just want to challenge you and encourage you today that if you haven't made that crucial decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, that today will be the day of salvation for you. That you will have an encounter with the living God. You will have an encounter with the resurrected Savior. That you will repent of your sins and accept Christ as your Savior. And that your life will never be the same here. And you will live forever with Him in the place that He has provided. And today if you're a Christian, ah friend, the power of the resurrection is perpetual. And it's being perpetuated in every one of us. For Romans chapter 8 said, If the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He shall also quicken, give that quality and kind of life, even in our own mortal bodies. Well, our time is gone. Would you come back next week? And let's talk about Jesus. <laughs> 